you are listening to the From Scratch Body. I'm Liv Austin and I believe that anyone can cook. Since being diagnosed with endometriosis, I have been on a journey to find out what food makes me feel great. By cooking my meals from scratch, not only have I started feeling much better, I've also fallen in love with cooking completely. So every week we explore a new topic that can help us feel better and become better cooks and then I share a recipe with you so you can cook along with me if you want. You can always find the recipes and the transcripts from the podcast on my website, thefromscratchbody.com. So you may have decided to join me on the sourdough journey. I really hope that you have. You may have listened to last week's episode and uh, joined me in making your sourdough starter from scratch, but it doesn't seem to be quite right for some reason. You can check this following list that I'm going to run through now with some kind of frequently asked questions, frequently uh, occurring problems with a, a sourdough starter and see if I can answer your question or, or touch on your challenge here. If I haven't really addressed the problem that you're facing, then you can contact me at live at the from scratchbody.com or on Instagram. You can DM me on Instagram and I will get straight back to you directly, but I will also then know what to add to this um, on the website, for example. So I have this troubleshooting page on my website as well, so you can come back to that if you are still kind of in the process of, of trying to make your starter. But here are some of the um, typical problems that you might uh, run into early on in making your own sourdough starter. So let's see if we can help you over that hill so you can make your own sourdough bread and all sorts of other amazing stuff. Number one, my sourdough doesn't pass the flow test. Help me! Okay, so the flow test helps you determine whether your starter is definitely ready to use for baking. It consists of dropping a tiny bit of the starter in a glass of water, and if it floats, it's go time. But often we find that the starter sinks, along with our hopes of baking an amazing loaf that day. What could be the issue? More often than not, a starter just needs feeding. That's going to be the answer for quite a few of these. Uh, just like you and me, really, when we're not really cooperating. Um, so it probably just needs feeding again. The starter is usually baking ready a few hours after being fed, depending on the temperature. So you could simply try discarding a tiny bit of the starter, add another 60 grams of lukewarm water, that's a third of a cup, or uh, and 60 grams of flour, that's half a cup, and try again in a couple of hours or maybe tomorrow. I mentioned it briefly, your starter might not be the right temperature. You want it to be warm and cosy at just over normal room temperature, not too cold and not too hot. So could this be the issue for you? Thirdly, you might want to try a different type of flour. This one has really made a huge difference for me. There is a chance that the flour you're using is not strong enough, meaning that the protein content is not very high. So check the flours that you have in your cupboard or get a new one in the shop and try to find the one with the highest protein content you can find. You don't need to use this for the bread baking or for you know the sourdough baking itself, but for the starter, this might be very, very, very helpful. 
Problem number two, my sourdough smells bad or it has a layer of brown liquid on top. Sourdough will go through different smells, don't worry about that too much. Uh, that usually depends on how recently it's been fed and how ready for use it is. And this is simple again, if it smells bad, it needs feeding. Often people describe the smell as kind of smelling like nail polish, and I do kind of understand what they mean by that. Uh, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, that's not really the smell you want from something you're going to eat, but um, it's just a natural kind of smell that it will give off when it's not being very active and uh, ready to use. If there's a layer of brown liquid in your starter, uh, which is called hooch, again, that is just a sign that the starter needs feeding. And you want to discard as much of that hooch as you can. Normally, that hooch will have risen to the top, in which case it's very easy to, to just kind of tip it out in the sink. Uh, it hasn't always... I've, I've had like a layer of hooch kind of uh, a third of the way down, <laughs> but then you just need to kind of try and discard enough of that starter to, to get that hooch out and then just feed it with water and flour again. Number three, and this is the only kind of heartbreaking one, is my sourdough has gone moldy. My sourdough starter has gone moldy. The great thing about sourdough starters is they can withstand a lot. Basically, you can salvage them most of the time just by feeding them again. However, the one time you sadly have to just say goodbye to your starter and return to day one is when you find mold in it. And that counts for the sides of the jar, the, the lid of the jar, anywhere in the jar that you have your starter. That starter cannot be used. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but do not give up my, my first starter went moldy and I tried again and my second attempt is still the starter that I'm using for all my sourdough bread. So, so do not give up here. A way to avoid mold in the future is, first of all, you need to make sure that that jar is completely clean when you start. That's very important. Um, and also to keep the starter away from other food as much as you can, um, especially fruit bowls. Uh, so you you um you don't have to think about this too much further down the line if you uh put your starter in the fridge which you can do after it's kind of got active and you've got it running you can have it in the fridge and not feed it as often but when you are making it in that first week or couple of weeks that you're making your starter try to keep it away from other food as much as possible don't have it on your kitchen top um don't have it near fruit or vegetables some people do have their starter in a completely different room in the house to the kitchen. Now, I find that a bit weird. <laughs> I don't really want to have my starter in like a different room of the house. So mine is in my kitchen. And when I made it um, from scratch, I had it in a cupboard that only had pots and pans in it uh, with the added bonus that that cupboard is quite warm. So that was a good place to have it. Um, so that's what I really recommend to, to kind of keep it in a cupboard or something where there's no other food being stored. That will help you avoid that mould. So yeah, that's some of the troubleshooting um, that I can think of that will be the most normal uh, problems. And uh, after the break, we're going to look at how to make some basic sourdough bread when your starter is, and it will be, bubbling and active.
when you've got a sourdough starter up and running, there's really no end to what amazing baking you can get up to. But a great place to start and a safe one to come back to is a basic sourdough bread recipe, which I'm going to share with you now. You will start with a bubbly, active sourdough starter and end up with a light, bubbly sourdough loaf. It's amazing to tuck into, a favourite for the whole household, and you are going to love doing this and getting the results. Please note that there are a few rounds of resting, rising and proving with a sourdough. The time you need to let it rise really depends on the temperature where you are or where the dough is going to be. If you are doing the bread in warmer months, for example, two to six hours might do the job, whereas in colder periods, it might need more like eight to 12. So keep this in mind when you start the process, as you might, for example, want to do the big rise overnight. If you have a, um, a machine or some kind of, you know, rising basket or something that, that helps keep uh, dough at a steady temperature that can help it rise faster, then you can kind of think that you are in a warmer climate. However, I will say that in my experience so far, having it rise overnight at the normal temperature that, you know, the slightly colder temperature that it gets at night has does have a better result than trying to rise it quickly in one of those machines. I might learn more about that in the future and, and get better at it, but that's been my experience. So I want to give another shout out to uh, The Clever Carrot, which is a website where I learnt about the basics of sourdough. And I can't thank Emily, who is the author of that website, for her amazing guidance when I first started out as a sourdough novice. So she deserves that credit. You can check out tons of fantastic sourdough recipes on her website if you're ready to be a bit more adventurous. However, this recipe is a nice basic one and it has been altered by me a bit over time as I've made it several times now to, um, to work for my kitchen and for my tastes. So slightly lower salt content, for example, and some slight shortcuts in the method. So, so I'm kind of sharing my, my version of um, the Clever Carrots basic sourdough bread here. So for a basic sourdough bread, and this makes one small to medium loaf. I have doubled this recipe for a large loaf as well, which has been very successful. You need 150 grams of active sourdough starter, 250 grams of lukewarm filtered water, 25 grams of olive oil, 500 grams of strong bread flour. You can use white flour or wholemeal or a mix of both choose flours with high protein contents and five grams of fine sea salt. You also need either a Dutch oven that fits your loaf, so a Dutch oven with a lid on it um, or any other appropriate tin or dish, ideally with a lid. You don't have to bake sourdough bread with a lid, but it can be a lot easier to get great results that way. Step one, in a large bowl, you mix the starter, the water and the oil. Bit by bit, you add the flour and salt. When everything is mixed well, but the dough is still kind of messy and shaggy, you cover it with a damp tea towel and you let it rest for up to one hour. So, for example, for me, where I usually uh, rise it overnight and then bake it in the morning, you know, let's say you go to bed at 
11 o'clock. Um, you might want to do start doing the mixing around uh, 7 or 8, then kind of let it rest for an hour, and then you get to this next step. You form the dough into a smooth ball, so a bit of kneading just on the worktop. You don't need to knead for ages, but just kind of getting into a, a smooth uh, texture all, all over the, the dough, and then make it into a smooth ball. And then you stretch if you want to. This is kind of like a, an optional step, but I really do recommend it. You do some folding. So you stretch the sides of the dough and you fold them over towards the middle. This adds air and therefore height and it works really well for me. It makes you also get a sense of whether you have enough flour in it or if it's too wet so you should be able to kind of fold it if you go around and you take one side of the dough fold it into the middle turn it around a little bit take another bit out and fold it over it shouldn't just kind of fall into like a very um flubbery kind of dough it should it should kind of stay up a little bit so so that will help you figure out whether you have enough flour as well so yes yeah, so you you can do a bit of that optionally and then form it into a smooth ball and now it needs to do the big rise which is anything as i said from 2 to 12 hours so it really depends on a lot of factors so as i said if you have a proofing machine of some kind where you can control the airflow and temperature you may not need all night um, and that same thing goes for when you're baking in very hot months of the year however most of the time if you're in my part of the world you'll need a good six to eight hours and in the cold months more like eight to twelve so basically what you're looking for is a dough that has risen to twice its size um, so i can't really tell you for sure when that's going to happen this is something that you need to to learn for, for where you are and where you're baking. So you can then rise that in the bowl that you've been using already. You cover it with a damp towel or two. So after this big rise, it might be the next morning, it usually is for me, then you take the dough out of the bowl and you shape it again uh, into a nice round ball or whatever shape you want, of course, but if you're using a Dutch oven, for example, then you, sh uh, you shape it into a nice ball. So you can repeat this folding technique where you take the sides, you take one side of the dough and you fold it over into the middle, turn it around, do that a few times to get a bit of height into it. And then you just try and make sure that the it, where, where it kind of attaches those bits that you've been folding over are nice and smooth. And of course the top is nice and smooth you turn it so that the smoothest side is up and uh, you can also use a cutting tool to control the shape or just use your hands and then you place the dough into your dutch oven or another bread baking dish which should be covered in baking paper and a bit of flour to avoid any sticking now it needs to rise again it needs to prove but for not very long this time um, an hour or maybe less on hot days should do it it doesn't need to double in size this time you cover your dutch oven with a damp towel uh, you can add the lid on top as well if you like then towards the end of this second rise you turn your oven on to about 230 degrees celsius that's 450 degrees fahrenheit 
And just before the bread is ready to go in the oven, when the oven is at the right temperature, you score the dough. That means you take a sharp knife and you cut into the dough a straight line across or in a cross pattern like you've probably seen in photos of lovely freshly baked bread. Or you can start getting all artsy with it and do sort of three diagonal um, slices. The point of doing this is to let the steam out as it is baking. So you can, you can play around with patterns too. This is completely up to you. So now, finally, the bread is ready for baking. The Dutch oven goes in with the lid on and you turn the heat down to about 200 degrees Celsius, 400 Fahrenheit. Every oven is different. I know I always say this, but it's very important to remember. So you'll have to experiment here. But for me, the perfect time in the oven is 30 minutes with the lid on and then a further 30 minutes without the lid. So that's 60 minutes in total, maybe a little bit less than that, um, potentially for just this uh, one loaf um, recipe. And then when I do double, uh, double this recipe, then it's definitely 60 minutes for me. Uh, but you can check this towards the uh, end time of, of it baking. If it kind of looks like it's definitely done, if you're suspecting that it is done, you can put a, uh, a meat thermometer into it and check for the internal temperature. You want 96 to 98 degrees Celsius uh, internal temperature of the bread, which is 205 to 210 degrees Fahrenheit. If it's not quite there yet internally, but the surface, like the the top of the bread is getting quite dark, you can just put the lid back on towards the end. Then when the bread is done, you put it on a wire cooling rack and you try to fight the urge to cut into it too soon. Let it cool, otherwise it will dry out much quicker. And then enjoy. Do not be discouraged if your first sourdough loaf isn't perfect in every way. The fun with doing this kind of baking is improving and experimenting. I had just a few weeks ago, and now I've been doing a lot of uh, sourdough baking over the last year, um, had one that I just <laughs> hormonally in a pregnant state of um, sadness just chucked in the bin because it came out all flat and ugly and I just threw it straight in the bin. And my husband said, oh, but why did you do that? I mean, did it did it not taste nice? And I said, I didn't even taste it. It just looks so ugly. So, you know, you might have some days where it feels like it doesn't quite go your way, but then you just try again and you will get it right. So it's all about experimenting and learning. And that amazing, distinct sourdough smell filling your kitchen is so satisfying. I'd love to see your sourdough bread. Please share them on Instagram and tag the From Scratch Body and hashtag the From Scratch Body as well so I don't miss it. Or you can email me a photo at live at the From Scratch Body. I really, really want to see how this goes for you. Best of luck and remember to have fun with it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember that you can always check out the recipe on my website, thefromscratchbody.com, if you want to have it in front of you when you're cooking. But be brave and make it your own too. Also, check out my Instagram at thefromscratchbody and my YouTube channel, The From Scratch Body, for lots of food inspiration that you can totally recreate yourself. Remember, cook from scratch and your body will thank you. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>